This is War Vessel Radio, standing firm upon the truth of Jesus Christ and speaking triumphantly from the Word of God, boldly living from a position in Christ and decreasing so that Jesus will increase, proclaiming to the world the gospel of Jesus Christ and a hope and a future found in Him. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 39 of the War Vessel Radio podcast. And today we're stepping into part two of this series on the concept of war vessel. Um, And I still don't have a good title for it, but it's just digging into this vision I have for the church, for individual Christians as the body of Jesus Christ as a whole, this idea of war vessel, this concept um, that I feel the Lord's giving me. And it is an image and a construct that I think is can be very unique. And I think there's a lot of, depending on the person, I've talked to different people about the name, everybody has their own image that comes to mind when picturing uh, when this this title or this name is brought up, War Vessel. And so I'm looking at this. Um, season this uh, next little bit of these episodes. I'm forgetting the word that I want. Um, and I decided that I wanted to break it break it into parts. Um, and because it's war vessel, I figured I better start with the war part, even though my heart, I feel, leans more towards the vessel part. And I think I'll get into why that is in a little bit, but because it's really the combination of the name for me, obviously, it's not so much one thing. It's not necessarily the war part that I'm attracted to. It's not necessarily the vessel part, but uh, the war part kind of is an adjective to the vessel part, describes what I'm getting at with the vessel. But then the vessel itself, or the word the vessel, also works as an adjective to the war part and influencing what I mean by the warfare of a Christian and what that looks like. So I think it's important that I break this up into two pieces and talk about each of them separately and then do a couple episodes on the combination of the two. Uh, So as I've been praying and studying for this episode, this season, um, and this series, that's what I was looking for, this series on uh, War Vessel, uh, the Lord brought me to Second Timothy, particularly chapter 2, but the whole of Second Timothy is fantastic. Um, and I was so, I don't know why I hadn't read it before in this light of War Vessel as I've, I've read in Second Timothy and 1 Timothy, but 2 Timothy particularly, uh, since having this concept, and it just this week was brought out to me how uh, many comparisons there are to this vision that the Lord has given me, and that of 2 Timothy, particularly in chapter 2. So today I want to look at uh, the opening of chapter 2, and I'm still trying to figure out how I want to break and parcel off this series of um, verses and uh, just 
many profound things in this chapter. I feel like I could do 200 episodes just on the book of 2 Timothy as it's packed full of so many various things. If you could just take one concept, such as a pure heart, for example, there's you could go anywhere in the Bible with a pure heart or um, the word faith. It, it's just that's how Scripture works. You, anytime you decide to hone in a certain area, it just broadens and enlarges into a new horizon and uh, just new insights that are incredible. And you could do that just from starting to reading one book. And Second Timothy is one of those profound um, parts of the gospel and of Scripture that has that amazing complexity to it and yet total simplicity on Jesus. So, starting in chapter 2. You, therefore, my son, Paul is talking to Timothy right now. You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer must be, must be first partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. So I want to point out the first thing that stands out to me, and it is perhaps the most important thing, and hopefully none of you are surprised when I say this, but that is this concept of in Christ. Right in verse 1 of chapter 2, Paul breaks down, breaks down sounds like he was weeping, but Paul goes into, that's what I wanted to say, Paul goes right into exhorting Timothy. He says, you therefore, he's focused on Timothy, he's, he's specifically saying this to Timothy, who is he is discipling, um, who he considers to be a son of the faith, um, and a son in this faith. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So he is exhorting and commanding would uh, be how I'd almost say this. Um, I don't rest, think he's like, this is a command, but it is what we are to be doing is we are to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And so it's a truth. It's a truth that can be in the heart and spirit of Christ is a command for us as Christians. So anyway, there's that be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. And I, no one can, uh, no one can say that enough to you how much or to me, how much we need to be strong in the enabling grace of Jesus Christ and to be seeking and asking for a furtherance and a deepening of that grace that is in Christ Jesus. Um, and then Paul kind of goes into why he needs to be strong in this grace that is in Christ Jesus. Uh, further, he says, therefore, and every time Paul says, therefore, he's referring to something, and obviously that something is in chapter 1, um, but that isn't what I'm getting into. And it just so happened that verse 1 of chapter 2 started with this. But he does go into 
what he's getting at about being strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So in part two, in verse two, and the things that you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So Paul's asking Timothy that these things which you have learned and have heard me from me among many witnesses, many people have witnessed Paul preaching these things, commit these to other faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So he's this is the second epistle of Timothy. He's handing off, if you will, the points of his ministry, um, as we'll find in the end of Second Timothy. He uh, finds that he feels he's getting close to the end of his race. Um, it says in chapter four. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Finally there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which is the which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on the day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. So he's communicating to Timothy this this thought that he knows he has reached the end of his faith fight, his his time of warring is over, if you will. And this, so this is where I want to get into. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. There's that you, therefore, Timothy, therefore, you must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. So we have this idea that Paul is giving to Timothy that we are soldiers of Jesus Christ and that there's hardship accompanied with being a good soldier. So there is, it's not just that we are soldiers and we are dressed in the uniform of Jesus Christ and we are given a weapon and then we're, and there's just niceties. You know, if you see, there's different types of uniforms for a soldier, uh, there's the active duty uniform, the off-duty uniform, and then there's their uh, like ceremonial uniforms, which are very clean with white gloves and um, ribbons and badges and uh, all sorts of that. And we've all seen those different types of outfits. Um, and it's not talking about the ceremonial outfit. We will get that ceremonial outfit when we've reached the end of our our warfare. That is when um, we get this, I don't want to say off-duty, but we get this heavenly outfit. And we've been given in Jesus Christ a spotless robe, right? But we've also been given armor to endure while we're in this life. So there's this warfare concept that Paul is telling Timothy, that there is a hardship that is going to accompany him because he is a good to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ, and he is to be a good soldier of G- Jesus Christ. Then he moves in verse four to this idea that no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Now I kind of wanted to dig into the Greek here, mostly because I think it is interesting. Uh, the word soldier, and let's see if I don't butcher these Greek words, I'll try to get them right, is, so the words Greek, the Greek word for soldier is stratiotes, 
Um, stratiotes is the Greek word for soldier. Um, the Greek word for warfare and war um, also, so there's warfare and war, is stratuyo. Um, that is stratuyo is the is the way they would is the Greek word for war or warfare. And then you have this concept um, or a phrase in the end of verse 4 that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And that phrase enlisted him as a soldier is is treated as one Greek word and it's stratolegeo, stratolegeo. Um, and it's this idea of enlisting soldiers to be chosen as a soldier um, and then here's a side one that I was throwing in because I was reading all these, you know, strat words that come from, from the Greek and I'm like, well, I wonder if our English word strategy comes from this, from these Greek roots. Um, and it turns out it does and it, it comes through, for, through very many different means, but it does root itself in this Greek word. And so the word strategy actually comes from this root, I believe it's pronounced strategos, which is be a general, um, or more more closely could be uh, translated the mind of a general, and this is translated into strategum, strategy, if my French isn't that good, but it's, it's the French version of stratagem where we get stratagem and strategy. Um, so it's that mind of a general, so that was kind of interesting, but we have in that uh, Stratilegeo enlisted him as a soldier. And so this is kind of what I'm getting at with this war part. Um, we have been enlisted by Jesus Christ into a war, and we're commissioned with carrying the gospel. And it's not a battle of flesh and blood of of actual armament of swords and um, just what have you or guns or tanks or this is there's a legitimate war and we've been given spiritual armor and we've been given spiritual weaponry the sword of the spirit the helmet of salvation the shield of faith the feet of the gospel of peace the breastplate of righteousness uh, the belt of truth those are all the accessories of our of our warfare of a soldier that we're given in Christ it's our i shouldn't even say accessories it is our it is our dress our dress code if you will as a christian our dress code is not to be light and frithy but to wear armor and to be ready to do battle this side of heaven and so that is what we've been commissioned into when we come to know Jesus Christ. And Paul is telling Timothy to be a good soldier. No one who is engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. And if you look at this from a spiritual side, we are not to be um, embroiled in the fantasies and the fluff of this world and the chasing after vain things in um, the pursuit of our own interests. Those are all entanglements that distract us from serving Jesus well. Um, 
and not that and i i guess what i don't want to get at is the fact that there's different types of soldiers some soldiers are called to be soldiers in the business world and to go to work and to preach the gospel to their co-workers and to witness to their co-workers <clears throat> others are called to foreign mission fields and to actually embark as soldiers into foreign battlegrounds that the enemy has held for so long and bring the light of the gospel. And so there's different types of soldiers and there's different methods of, I don't want it to make it sound like there's one one particular format. You must you know wear sackcloth and uh, never have any fun. That's not what Jesus is getting at uh, with this warfare, but it's that we're all in a battle and we're all commissioned to carry the gospel and that to be a good shoulder there's going to be a hardship accompanied with that and i think each one of us knows the various hardships we experience in our christian walk and just living for jesus christ and that is the battle we are in is is that we're we've chosen to live for jesus christ and we now have uh We've been given everything we need for life and godliness, and we have the fullness of Jesus Christ, and we are in Christ. And that alone is a promise that makes us impenetrable to the enemy. But that doesn't mean he's not going to throw everything in his arsenal our way. And so I want us to wrap our heads, and me as well, as I tend... I do not operate in this warfare mindset very well. In fact, the whole war vessel thing is a concept to me that I am not fully living out. I I know the Lord's given me as an image, but that doesn't mean it's me. Um, but I want to become it, and I want to source my life in Jesus and learning and growing and becoming familiar with my equipment, familiar with the way to do battle through prayer, through relationship with Jesus Christ, through uh, meeting with brothers and sisters in Christ and striving with them in life and seeking to serve the Lord fully and to give my life unto him. That is what I want. And so that is the idea of war vessel. And I can't achieve that in my own self, and I'm not even there yet. But Jesus is enabling me through this grace that Paul talks about, and being strong in the grace of Jesus Christ. We've been given that grace, and we are we are given the freedom and the promise that we can be strong in it through Christ. And so, very quickly, uh, before I wrap this episode up, there is that idea of war that I'm getting at, is this struggle and uh, hardship that must be endured as a Christian. But then there, there's also this idea that on a battlefield and in war, I think it's easy to look at war as two lines. You have the line of evil and you have the line of good and they're facing each other and they're th- shooting arrows at one another um, and they're clashing with swords and shields. And that's that's true. That is a war. There are very clear lines of good and evil, uh, at least in the in the most common sense. But that's a battle. Um War is actually a broad term that draws the entire... I mean, if we think of wars upon the earth, World War I, World War II, 
the Civil War, all these wars, they affect more than just the soldiers fighting each other, you know, the good guys and the bad guys fighting each other. There's these people that are caught in the middle that are being devastated by the war. And in the case, the spiritual case of the war of Jesus versus the enemy, it is that the enemy is trying to take as many people with him down to hell as he possibly can. And Jesus wants every single one of those souls. He loves them very dearly. And those of us who have come to know Christ, who have been enlisted from the destruction that we were a part of and the wasting away and the, the death and decay because we were held captive by the enemy, have now been set free. And out of a, a choice of our own hearts to follow the Lord, we are now enlisted in battle. And we are to have the same love and the same heart and the same drive and passion for those lost and wounded people that are held in the enemy territory and that are captive and that are blinded by sin and have not tasted the other side of freedom and of victory and of triumph and of the life and the blood of Jesus Christ. And so that is really the war that I'm looking at is we are to be sprinting and running as fast as we can in and behind and through the power of Jesus Christ to rescue the lost and the dying. And we've been given everything we need for that warfare. We've been given prayer, which is instant communication with the Father that the enemy cannot disrupt. Communication lines are the first thing that the enemy wants to destroy when embroiled in a battle. And so prayer is our, a pow- is our very powerful weapon that we have. And to keep that constant communication open with the Father and with Jesus who intercedes for us in front of the Father every moment of every day of every second. Um, and we've been given the word of God and the ability to memorize and to rehearse truth and to rehearse the gospel in our lives. And these are all things that build this good soldier of Jesus Christ. And so, man, I, there's, I feel like I go for 20 more minutes, but I really need to wrap up so you guys don't feel like I'm getting over long winded. Um, I'm sure I'll talk more about this war part. I'm really excited for some of what I want to dig into, into the vessel part as it intrigues me so much. And I'm excited to to be refreshing this idea of the war vessel in my mind. And I hope it's exciting for you guys. Um, I know it might, you might be as, might be more impartial than me because obviously this is the concept the Lord gave me. So, but I really want it to be an idea that people can latch onto. And so I hope it is that. And I hope it brings a clearer picture uh, to mind of our war our spiritual war and that and bring that into how our daily lives operate and um, the perspective to be good soldiers of Jesus Christ. And so I hope that's it, that this is an exhortation and encouraging to you guys. I know I'm praying for you. Um, we are indeed in a war and that it's tough. And so I am praying for you guys and um, just asking Jesus to strengthen and grow you all. 
and to be building you into the war vessels that he has designed you to be. So take care all, and I will talk with you again next week. Thank you for listening to War Vessel Radio. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow and share this podcast with others so the truth of Jesus Christ will continue to spread. Thanks again for listening, and may the love, joy, peace, and grace of Jesus fill you today.